Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Rick. Welcome to Big League Chicago. And alongside with me for the first time, we've got one of uh, one of the Crackwood Media writers for the Sox, uh, Jack. Nice to meet you all. Name's Jack. It's a pleasure to to hop on the pod and join Rick. And uh, excited to to give you guys some Hawks stuff. And and uh, looking forward to this hopeful season in in White Sox baseball. All right. And with that, we're gonna go straight into the best, probably the best news of the week uh, for a Chicago football fan, man. Uh, Nagy it's be a holiday Pace. at this point. Yeah, dude. Honestly, <laughs> Nagy and Pace were fired. <laughs> Monday morning, finally, after four really long years, one one of which was good. Um, but uh, yeah, fired Monday morning after that loss to the Vikings once again to end the shitty season. Uh, it's finally over, man. It's finally over. You know, I think uh, I think when you said four years, I had forgotten it had been that long because it's felt like 10. <laughs> uh, you Honestly, know, right? Yeah. It, it's... Yeah, I, 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 I struggle to find the words. You know, obviously, all yeah. uh, all us Bears fans, we had the hope of uh, of Fields coming in, and that that's the the bright no news of that. But uh, uh, to turn the page finally on this is, I think we can all agree, is just <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Honestly, man, like, I, and it was after like like how you were saying, like Justin Fields came in, and at that point, you know, when 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 Pace tried to when when he when he traded up to get Fields. Uh, it was almost kind of like a hail Mary for him to save his career really uh, with the bears. But uh, his job was still like during the season, I felt like with pace, like his job was still kind of like 50, 50, it was on the fence, right? Is he going to get fired? He's not going to get fired. Yeah, He's made a lot of good Absolutely. draft. Yeah. He's made a lot of good draft picks, um, but a lot of shitty ones, obviously he picked Trubisky, which really put us in the <laughs> hole there for those four years. And yep. And yeah, he just again, it was just kind of like a hail mary for him with Justin Fields, and we really thought it was going to be um, a little bit, a bit more of a season to look forward to, other than the disaster that it was. Yeah, you know, I think uh, due to poor protection and, and health towards the end of the year, obviously uh, um, Fields missed missed the rest of the season, and then and then COVID mm-hmm. uh, last last week, but. Um, you know, I won't spend too much time on Mitch, and I, I think it's funny. I, I saw a report with <laughs> the Athletic that um, Nagy had asked Mitch to come in post uh, the final game this, last yeah. year to have a meeting, yeah. And and Nagy no showed him, and, yeah. and Mitch couldn't believe it. I just I read that today, and, and you know, it's <laughs> I I read it too. I don't know was, if he. It was crazy. Like I was sorry. like, no, 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 you're good, man. I was like, how does the head coach no show? the quarterback like that's fucked up it's it's and you you have no game plan at that point so you, you know mm-hmm. you don't know if you're bringing back a match you don't know if you're you're going to get that pick from uh from new york to draft up to move up to get fields but yeah you know I, it, it brings me to the thought that you know obviously coming over from kansas city he was he was supposed to be this offensive guru and and worked yeah. with Alex Smith and, and had that year with Mahomes as he developed. And, and, you know, I think when it comes down to it, he wasn't prepared to step into a head coaching role, you know, yeah, that oh, year they sure. made the playoffs. Um, they, they had a, you know, it was a weaker schedule than, than most in that, in that year. And, and with that being mm-hmm. said, with a good defense, it, it covered up the holes that were obviously exposed that, that teams could game plan for in year two. And, 
three and four. And yeah, you know, he, he, it, it sucks. No, yeah, it does. And it, it was just like you said, you know, kind of talking about his like uh, experience in Kansas City under Andy Reid. Um, like you said, he was supposed to be this offensive guru. He came in 2018. He w- it was still it's surprising because there were still like there was glimpses of his almost like somewhat of a of a of a genius uh, on his offensive side. But then when you really look into it, that offense was not top 10. I don't, I don't believe it was top 10 uh, that year in 2018 when they did make the playoffs, even with Nagy at his, I would almost say peak really. Um, So it was, it's, it was almost kind of just like we brought this guy in. We thought we had what we needed. You know, he was coach of the year that year uh, in 2018, Mm -hmm. even after, you know, losing to the, the Eagles in the playoffs. I don't think they take playoffs into consideration, but still like, Youth, we we all thought we had this guy, and even his first year, there were still like things you saw in that offense that was like, okay, that's weird. Like there were some trick plays that would work, but mo- overall, it was just like that's kind of weird that that's not working or that this is the offense that he's putting out there. Yeah, it, it's it's head scratchers for sure, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think on the games that he called this year, and and <clears throat> with Fields involved versus Dalton involved. You know, you saw the play action and, and a short pass out to the side used a lot more for Dalton than than Fields when that's part of his yep. game plan. So it's just it's stupid decisions that just make no sense. And you know, obviously, thankfully, we didn't have Judge who's who's running QB sneaks on third and nine <laughs> on the goal line, but inside the five. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's but. It's a head scratcher. You know, you wanted you wanted the guy that's supposed to save your job to benefit you and and save your job, but you're not running an offense that that mm-hmm. fits his game, and and that was that was what was showing. And you yep. know, fourth quarter tended to be great to Fields, and he kind of fought his way to get us back into games. But you know, it was too little, too late, and it just it, exactly you know coming in over as an offensive coordinator, it comes in, starts calling offensive plays in year three decides to hand it over year mm-hmm. four tries to take it over again and has to hand it over again. It's just, if you can't call plays, you're supposed to be an offensive guru. I just, <laughs> I struggle to find yeah. <laughs> your value. <laughs> so exactly. That, it's, it's astonishing. And, and, and that was just like another thing that, that, that added to like what Nagy was is like his, his, his ability to flip flop so confidently with the offensive, you know, the offensive playbook, handing it off, then taking it back, then handing it off and then being like, I want this back. No, you know what? Okay. You take it. You know what I mean? And still for him to kind of go into those press conferences, uh, you know, after losses or even after wins, right? Like maybe something was, was bad after a win. And he was like, you know, it starts with me. And I'm like, bro, of course it starts with you. You're the fucking head coach. Either give it off or take it. Like be the guy that you were supposed to be when we hired you in 18 or just be the head coach that, you know, does a little bit of everything, but is like mostly like, okay, I'm going to give it to uh, oh fuck. What was his name? The offensive coordinator that finally, uh, that finally took it. He's uh, laser bill laser, Bill laser. Yeah. Yeah. Like give it to him. You know what I mean? Like just, just mm-hmm. do that. Just do one thing, stick with it. You know, you knew you weren't going to get fired mid season. Cause like, you know, the McCaskies are, are, are just, they don't do that. So stick with one thing, see if it works and just go with it. And then, and then how you were talking about Dalton and, and fields, man. Like I remember after one game that RPO, the run play option was like 
the biggest buzzword during that game on Twitter. I remember just being on Twitter. It's like RPO, RPO, run the fucking RPO with fields. And like you said, man, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just very confusing how this guy was supposed to be this offensive guru. And, and it just, it never, it never showed on there, you know, it never showed on the field. Uh, I think the, the, the final bow on, uh, on, on the Nagy saga is, I, I don't know if you remember, I think it was a game in uh, the 2019 year of, of week eight and the mm-hmm. bears ran the ball seven times after the game. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Matt Nagy. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I think you're an idiot. Yeah. It was... <laughs> that, that's, you know, it's, it's farewell, you know, his kids got booed at his at his high school game. I felt bad at that, you know. But I did feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See ya. See ya. It, and to have a, a running back like Montgomery and to only run the ball seven times is just man. It's, it's just like it's astonishing. The, it's unexplain. It's unexplainable. It it really is. And then, and then you you know like why why does he not like look back at these things and just like oh, there's another nail. Oh, there's another nail in my coffin. Yep, there's one more. You know what I mean? Like there's like stupid amounts of nails in his coffin after he finally got fired. Um, but yeah, you know, it's um, it, was a long, it was a long time coming. And I, I guess to, to not necessarily segue, but how much <clears throat> more do we, as Bears fans, as diehard Bears fans, as grew up, who's two guys that grew up in, in Chicago area and, and have been Bears fans since we could walk, you know, yeah. It's how how do we have faith in the current ownership to uh yep. to figure out this next search to do it correctly. And you know, obviously there's not you know, it's one of the most historic families in football, so it's things aren't gonna be changing until something drastic happens. And um, you know, it just it, it concerns me to to what is going on with the, the current search oh, of our, yeah. our next GM and coach. Oh yeah, and and that was that was another funny thing. Like uh, George McCaskey, you know, after firing them, kind of went out there and did his like little uh, his little um, uh, little conference or whatever with all, all with the media and whatnot. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, this guy's the, the the son of Virginia McCaskey, right? Like he's the grandson of fucking yep. George Hallis, and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, you know, I talked to the board and they, you know basically said like hey my mom likes me so i'm keeping the job like no shit dude like no shit you're there's no there's not going to be anything like that but the fact that you're like hey my mom likes me who is the fucking head of the the board the committee or whatever for the bears yeah she likes me so i'm keeping my job ted phillips the fucking accountant that we hired to run this football team (laughs) basically will be huge in um in finding this new gm new head coach and like you said, there has to be something like huge that happens in order for everything all the way to the top to, to like shake up. And it's, it's kind of sad, you know, like how you said, this is one of the most historic franchises and ownership names, right? Like, of course it's McCaskey now, but I mean, Hallis still like rings true through, throughout that fucking team. Um, Absolutely. And throughout the and, NFL. Yeah. Throughout the NFL, really. I mean, it's the NFC championship trophy name. Like, um, so, yeah. so the fact that they just can't, um, kind of like take a look back, take take a step back and look at the product they've put out in the last twenty years, and be like, yeah, this is actually garbage. You know, the only the only plus sides have been those lovey years. You know, late two thousands where they went to the NFC Championship, they went to the Super Bowl, and 
they fired Lovey Lovey Smith after a 10-6, you know, season, which I don't know, maybe it was a good or bad idea, but just ownership level, take a step back, see what you've put out there, see what the fans are saying, and don't pat yourself on the back. You know, don't say there's not gonna be any change. Like there has to be big fucking changes. And it's not uh it's just not happening, man. It's really sad to see. Oh, and it's it- Going on to the point, you know, you fire Lovey after a ten and six season. You're setting that example that, mm-hmm. all right, you know, ten and six isn't good enough. Which, to my memory, I think they may have been ten and six. Or what were they the year? What were the year? What, 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 what was the Bears record uh, in eighteen? I can't remember. Oh man, in eighteen they were twelve and four. Twelve and four. Twelve and four. So I mean, you know, they, they've been up in the double digit win totals. You know. Once in the last five years, so, um, <laughs> so and, and I think the coaches following Smith was uh, a great Mark Tressman. Um, oh man, <laughs> who's the guy from Denver? Um, uh, who's the Fox, guy from John Denver? Fox. John Fox, and then you know now Matt Nagy. You know it. What, a, what a great! What a bunch of great picks. <laughs> starting to feel like we need a Bears uh, coaching jersey like the cleveland quarterback one <laughs> yeah honestly honestly yeah like they would it would it would be just as full too like that's that's ridiculous yeah <sighs> but yeah you know so, um nagy's gone um on the good side yeah let's look to the positive let's look <laughs> the search for now what seems to be a very promising uh pool i guess i would say like of head coaches of general managers um that that's kind of like you know, that are ready to be hired finally. And I let's start off with like the head coaches. Um, so I've got like four mm-hmm. names that um, probably like the top four names, um, not including, um, I'm not including uh, uh, Harbaugh in this just because I don't know. Like it w- I just don't know if he's, if he, he's not in the NFL right now. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's very interesting for sure. I've got, I've got a point to add on that. I think Michigan actually um, stole Notre Dame's offensive line coach on, I think it was really? Thursday or Wednesday of this week. And a guy who's who's going to the NFL doesn't go and steal a, a prime uh, <clears throat> offensive line coach and try and bring him to his staff if he's going to leave in a month. So I think oh, uh, you know that is that's that's, that's a big telltale sign that I feel like you you, you can you can narrow uh, you can cross. Uh, you know, unfortunately, a, a a a bear at one point in his career off, off yeah, that list. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's kind of why. So I didn't know that point, but I I don't know. It's just like even before this before this news, like him, him bringing on that offensive line coach, like he just had a really good season with Michigan, probably his first of the last five or six. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long he's been at Michigan. I forget, but um, you know, went to went to the playoffs. Uh, had a really good year with Michigan. Like, I don't think he wants to leave that, but again, you know, he was a, he was a former bears quarterback and in as, as, as a head coach for San Francisco uh, had a, had two NFC, two or three NFC championships in a row with them. Um, yeah. Worked with Alex Smith, worked they lost with uh, that Super Bowl. Yeah. They lost it against the, it was against his own brother against the Ravens. Um, the blackout. The blackout game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, and, and he has a really good record against the Packers, which is huge for Bears fans. Huge. Um, <laughs> we love that. We love that. We, we fucking love that. You can go two and 15, two and 15 now. And as long as those two wins are against the Packers, it's a good year. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, so the first name I have on 
going back to the head coaches is uh, Doug Peterson. So another guy. Yep. And I think. Um, so go ahead. I think he interviewed on. The, I think he interviewed yesterday via Zoom. But continue. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, they, that, that's another thing. They immediately went to work with all these guys, uh, like McCaskey and Phillips and all these guys went immediately yeah. to work oh, absolutely. interviewing all these people, which is actually like promising, which is like great to see. You know what I mean? This is exactly what you want to see out of the organization after you just fire head coach and GM. But so Doug Peterson, another guy from the Andy Reid coaching tree, um, led the Eagles to a Super Bowl Scary win in the Pats. Yeah, I know, yes. right? It's almost like, uh, yes. shit. Yes, does have a ring. Does have a ring, though. Does, have, does a have a ring. ring. Yes. Very important. That's probably one of the more important things I feel like uh, as a coach you should have. You have the playoff experience, and not only that, but you have a fucking Super Bowl ring. Um, and mm-hmm. he was fired in 2020, and With, he, had a, he had a winning record, too. Is Foles a free agent after this year? Oh, man. Uh, God, I fucking hope so. Uh, because they were just paying that dude. If he's too not, much that's more. a that's a connection there. Just in, that's in the true. sense of of so that, <laughs> that that's you know not that it would matter. <laughs> yeah, but. not not anymore, right? Like the, <laughs> three four years ago, probably maybe, maybe in week ten, maybe in week ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, another offensive minded guy. Uh, you know, came out mm-hmm. with a winning record from the Eagles, and he was also the guy who unfortunately beat the Bears in that wild card game, the double doink game. Um, and <sighs> yeah, <laughs> so he'd kind of be bringing back some bad memories. You know, Foles brought that too. Still but. losing sleep. <sighs> You're telling me, man. You're fucking telling me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> out of those five seasons, though, with the Eagles, three of three or five of them were winning records, and he did have a lot mm-hmm. of injuries to deal with. Um, yes. So you especially know, with brought wins. a Super Bowl, especially stuff, with but, yeah, yeah, especially with his you know, with did it. franchise quarterback. Yeah, he balanced two quarterbacks absolutely. You know, I think obviously the last last year the defense um, kind of fell apart, and I think it was what his last year was twenty. He was off this year. He fired last yeah. year or two years ago. Uh, twenty twenty two years ago. Yeah. Which well, I think before they had the, before the beginning the of last season. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had like the one of the top worst ranked defenses in the league. The offense yeah. was offense wasn't efficient. Um, you know, the, the writing was on the wall for Wentz. So it, it's, it's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, with Peterson and I guess I ask you, you know, I, how much you play that, that injury role of, you know, balancing, you know, Nick Foles, who's been a career backup who kind of stepped into the limelight or, yep. or, you know, and a healthy Wentz who, who showed that he was an MVP talent when he was healthy mm-hmm. at one point and then inconsistent at others. So it, it's fell off. Yeah. I don't know. You know. It's tough. It feels feels. I don't know. It also feels very a lot of similarities to a Matt Matt Nagy. So that it scares me. Yeah, you know there is positives to it as well. I know, and I think I read somewhere where he was he he is very Matt Nagy like, and I'm just like, all right, well, don't fucking hire that guy. Like, right? Like, no, definitely don't hire that guy. Oh, if you want to be the next walking meme in the NFL for the next, you know, three years or how long ever this guy is, is here, you know, yeah. go, go right ahead, George, go right ahead. Yeah. Fucking hire that guy if you want. Um, <laughs> so, and then again, like, I don't know, I don't know if I would want him just cause again, you know, like there's too many similarities with him and Nagy. Uh, and, and even though he is more of an, uh, on the offensive side, I don't know if I would want Doug Peterson. Um, 
Again, he has a Super Bowl. He has a he is you know a winning record, and he got a uh, a few winning records. A lot of playoff experience, obviously, but I don't know if I'd want him. Um, but yeah. So moving on, the next name I have on here, uh, Leslie Frazier. Uh, more importantly, one of the members of the '85 Bears. So he won that Super Bowl with them. And, stud, stud. Yeah, obviously, right? Like obviously, stud. <laughs> Uh, he's currently the Bills uh, defensive coordinator and former Vikings head coach. So I do remember a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pre- against him, obviously. Was he right before Zimmer? Uh, yeah, he was. he was. He was the one Unless right before Zimmer. Yeah, which rest in peace, Zimmer's job. <laughs> yeah, for real. I don't know if I'd. I don't know That's if I'd our, want to touch the Vikings. Not our concern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> um, so. He also worked with Reed, but in 99, this was, this was a more than 20 years ago. So he worked with him in uh, uh, 99 with Philly as uh, mostly defensive assistant, defensive coordinators for four years before he moved on to uh, the Bengals, the Colts, and then eventually the Vikings. And now obviously with uh, the bills. Um, and he did not have a good time as a head coach for the Vikings. Uh, if you remember, he had one winning season, I think, in, as in the three years that he was the coach uh, and didn't. I, I think that may have been the year with Favre. I don't remember. I honestly can't remember if that was the year with Favre. But um, I want to say yeah, did, right. Yeah, I think so, too. Right. Like it was the early teens uh, uh, right around when Favre was like, hey, I don't want to retire, JK. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> so in. 2017, he was hired as a Bills defensive coordinator and has had one of the best defenses in recent years with them, uh, with the Bills. So another defensive minded coach, you know, and that just kind of takes me back to Lovey Smith, right? Like defensive minded coach didn't really have the offense, but it still worked. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, guess, guess, see if you can guess who you think, who do you think he was the, who, who he coached for in 05? In 05? Yeah. Take a game uh, there. Uh, was he with? Was it with the Bengals? No, he was, was with Indy was with in 05. Oh, he was with no. Indy. So he was with oh, he was Bengals no. pre uh, pre Indy. So he won a chip with uh, with Indy. It hurts. It You're hurts. Fucking right. God damn it. God damn it. Fucking Dungy. Another another <laughs> one of my nemesis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, so he brings in that defense, you know, he brings in that really good defensive mind. Another one I don't think I would want just because, like, his terrible time with the Vikings. He seems like he is just fit for coordinator roles, and, you know, he thrives there. Like, he's won championships like that or, you know, possible championship this year with the Bills. Who knows, right? Yep, yep. I think, you know, going off and in the situation that the Bears are where they're trying to develop, you know, obviously – your future in Justin Fields, the logic, which won't eliminate my favorite choice of this list that we'll get to, <laughs> yeah. but um, would make sense if you had the correct offensive coordinator, maybe to hire a defensive co- or a defensive guy as your head coach. But you know, obviously, the the hope is to be more offensive minded than defense in in that that sense to for development purposes. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, the, the Peterson and Frazier probably not my not my top picks. Um, let's move on to the most recent firing of Brian Flores, who is another candidate for the uh, for the Bears right now. I'm pretty sure they're interviewing him. I don't know if they haven't already. Um, today, again, today via Zoom as well. 
Oh, was it today? Nice, nice, nice. Okay, yeah. so there you go. I haven't they, heard they, anything they, about it yet, but it was he was he was interviewed today. All right, yeah, and and again another defensive minded coach, but he wasn't like he really wasn't the worst in 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 Miami. He had what two three no, it, years? I think it was three. I want to say it was three. Okay, and yeah. two years that were were great. You know, not great, but. You know, we won't we won't bash on Miami and call it a Miami <laughs> standard of what it's been in the last fifteen years, but yeah, you know they, they went out and Miami. won. I think it was, yeah, I think they went out and won seven straight. You know, I don't think they were able to win that eighth that got them to the playoffs, but yeah, um, you know, it was impressive. He always had a, a team that would fight, and it was a young team in Miami that on very young, yeah. That one mm-hmm. year, that first year, I think he was there. He saw pretty much all his top studs. You know, apologies, I can't remember the names, but I think he saw his top corner and several oh. other defensive of players be traded in his first season. And so to have that Howard, happen right? and to make do what? He, yep, I think Xavier Howard and there was there was a few others that were just moved immediately. Yeah, in his first season. So, um, you know, he wasn't given. The you know in in Bears terms you know he wasn't given a fair chance and um, True. he's he's someone who's he's got command of a locker room and he's not afraid from what I've heard to call out players you know I think mm-hmm. uh, from one of one of the things I, I can't confirm the source but um, one of the things I heard was that he dis he he voiced his displeasure in Tua Tagovailoa's quarterback play and Miami oh, wow. wasn't happy to hear that. And oh shit! Uh, like I, I said, I don't been, know. I don't know the, the the truth and 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 the hundred percent truth behind that that rumor. But I, I have heard that that's a potential thing that that upset Miami further. Um, uh, so you there, know, it, yeah. It, so many things going to this point. too. And and so. the, now and Flores is a guy that that's coming from. Um, he's coming from the Belichick tree too, which his yep. assistants haven't had mm-hmm. too much. Um, uh, success, success either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's just, these guys are head coaches and they're, it's either that guy or nobody really. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's quite unbelievable as, as Joe judge, mm-hmm. another one was fired this off season. And, uh, Oh yeah, you're right. Was it last year? Who was it last? Year? I can't remember who was fired last year. Um, but I think there Patricia, was Patricia, his, yes, Patricia, obviously in Detroit, uh, <clears throat> yep. was quite a, quite a disaster. Not that we're, we're taking shots at Detroit, but, we see it. We call it how we see it. And uh, we, we know <laughs> the Patricia area, the Patricia area. I think you guys would uh, agree was not something you're proud of. And, you know, yeah. that was his defensive coordinator for many years and no one will ever forget the pencil behind the ear, but yeah, I, I would, to go off your point. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if you look at it, Flores has been um, the most recent years, the most successful of the Belichick uh, coaching tree. And, you know, I think that's a positive. Yeah. And, and honestly, I would prefer him over Peterson and Frazier at this point, right? Absolutely. Now. You know, if, Absolutely. I, if you gave me the, you know, if you had to give me the option, I'd be like, yep, this guy right here. Um, but yep. I think one more candidate, I think it might be the one you said it would be your favorite is let me take a guess. Is it Brian Dable out of the bills? Ding, ding, ding. We got a winner. There you go. There you go. So, currently the bills offensive coordinator and um you know it, he helped basically develop 
Allen into the quarterback that he is right now. And he has coached under not only Belichick in the NFL, but under Saban uh, in Alabama. Wow. So a lot of greatness, you know, he's coming from really. And a lot of, I I feel like, uh, I feel like he, he has like some uh, like standards to live up to, right. Like to, to kind of uh, coming into the NFL as such, but absolutely, you know, absolutely with the, with the bills, you know, like I said, developed, basically developed Allen to the stud quarterback that he is, is that a great offense with them? Not very run heavy. Obviously they don't have a very good running back. Um, even though they have like two or three they're they're just not very good. But, um, you know, if he comes in, you know, you get someone like Dable to come in with fields who can run it, who can throw it. And he was a 2020's assistant coach of the year. So not only does he have playoff Super Bowl experience, but offensive coordinator experience and would be great in trying to develop uh, Justin Fields, I think. Absolutely. You know, I think going off your point that, yeah, Buffalo wasn't and isn't a very run heavy offense. They, uh, um, you're spot on in the sense they haven't had a, uh, um, they haven't had a, a stud of a running back in, mm-hmm. in, in his time. But he's developed Josh Allen to someone who's become a much more um, mobile quarterback. And obviously, you know, everyone knew Allen had speed coming into the draft with his height and, and strength. But mm-hmm. um, it's helped him as a guy who came into the league and was kind of careless and made a lot of mistakes. Um, similar to some of the mistakes that, that Fields kind of made when in his early struggles. Um, yep he was able to settle that down and, and kind of develop that. So I think, you know, you look at the, that development of Josh Allen and, and you, you love to see that and, and you key in on that. And I think you, mm-hmm. you give them someone of the caliber of, of David Montgomery and, and hopefully, um, you know, a mix of, um, yeah, with the pickup of Herbert and hopefully Tariq Cohen coming back at some point. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a dangerous running back room. That's a really dangerous running back. Room. Absolutely. A lot of speed Absolutely. Agility. Um, mm-hmm. so that there's, there's weapons there, you know, obviously we'll see, I think, have we seen the last game of, of Alan Robinson? Um, uh, does he move on? You know, yeah. we've, we've seen the development of Darnell kind of, of stepping into that number one wide receiver role. And, and with that happening, uh, um, you get confidence to see, um, to see that if he does step away, you know, you've got some, some talent there. Um, so, you know, I think there's weapons to work around it and, and on the list, uh, you know, besides Peterson, he's, he's the most offensive minded, uh, coach that we've talked about. And, and yep. so I think, you know, obviously, uh, I'll rave and rave all day about him being my favorite choice <laughs> on this list. Um, yeah. but I, the, the P's and Q's of it, I think the, the P's are a lot, uh, a lot heavier than the, the, the Q's. So. True. Yeah, no, absolutely. Far and away the best candidate. I think the bears could even consider. Um, I I just don't know when you really look at it, like head coaching jobs, like uh, is the bears the best one is the bears, the most attractive one, right? Um, Cause you have bears, you have Miami, you've got Denver. Um, I forget which other ones have opened up. Um, there's a few others, well, it but depends I mean, on- do the Raiders does will the Raiders job open up? True. Um, postseason. True. Uh, Very true. Houston opened up, which I have heard that oh, yeah. Houston's Houston. favorite for their job is Flores, um, and that's oh, who they're really? really targeting. Which I think he's interviewing with them next week. So we'll see okay. what happens there. Um, 
I know Louis Louis Reddick of uh, of ESPN has said he's thought that the Bears coaching position is the most popular. You know, I think with uh, a healthy Khalil Mack coming back, and I yeah. think Robert Quinn's under one more year, right? I I believe I so. so. I always I always I always want to look up his contract and see how much longer he's with the Bears, but I never do. I always fucking come unprepared with that. <laughs> uh, with the hope of of Robert Quinn coming back and and the secondary of of Johnson and um and hopefully they can acquire someone in, in the later rounds that that might suit mm-hmm. him um better you know obviously they struggled finding that second receiver but yeah. um there's there's a lot of there's a lot of attractiveness to this Bears team and you got to capitalize I mean Khalil Max if he's not 30 he's he's near it so the yeah, time is clicking otherwise I think you gotta you gotta trade him yeah, you know, I think if, I think if you can't build a team around him, you know that's a scary thought. That's a lot of mileage mm-hmm. on a on a guy who's been in the league since at least uh, what twenty seventeen, if not uh, something like that. that. Yeah, the Raiders had him. You know, no, I want to say yeah, like he's been in the league. Maybe? I, yeah, I want to think it's been even longer than that. You know, it, he's been in. Uh, you know, that's a lot of mileage, and especially at a guy who plays the linebacker position of a lot of mm-hmm. wear and tear. Oh yeah, you got to capitalize on those years. Otherwise, ship him off when he's still valuable and build those pieces for the future. Because yeah, that was that was a huge point during this year. Yeah, wow, 2014. 2014 yeah, twenty fourteen, yeah, <laughs> almost ten years in the league. <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting, and you know, I think it brings us into kind of the the general manager side of it. Is you know, obviously we we need a coach, but. Mm-hmm. We need a roster, and we need we need uh, someone making uh, making decisions here soon. So, hopefully, uh, what um, I know you what do we got for a list on uh, for GMs, GMs right now? Uh, from what I know, from like the top names that uh, the Bears have given, Morocco Brown, uh, who's currently the Colts director of college scouting, he actually worked with yep. the Bears, yeah, before for like seven years as assistant director of pro personnel. So interesting. Didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, he actually has like, so he knows organization. Um, he has a lot of experience in college that can translate into the draft. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, cause we have given up our first round picks for the next like three years or something like that. Um, so those later yeah. rounds are definitely going to be very key, uh, this next year, but Morocco Brown, I know is one name. Um, another one is well, you've Quasi- seen to- quickly to, to go off of the Brown point and you've seen, you know, obviously Indianapolis didn't, they kind of blew it and didn't make the playoffs this year, but you've seen through oh, yeah, yeah. the years that Indianapolis just has been able to um, recoup and, and build for the future with, you know, the stud of Jonathan Taylor and then yeah. Darius Leonard and the, in the defense, you know, they've got a, they've got a good football team down in Indy. Yeah, they do. And, and, you know, probably thanks to him because again, like the, the, the college scouting and bringing in these guys who, uh, who just excel, you know, come basically like one or two years out of college. So that's actually like really cool to see. And I would love for somebody like that who can bring in really good people, uh, out of college and basically turn them into, you know, NFL players really. Um, so hopefully, you know, if someone like that was to be, you know, Morocco Brown was to be hired then he could kind of turn it from the draft into like these great players. Because, you know, when you were talking about the defense, the defense is definitely getting old. Uh, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, really the, the, the face of the younger 
of the young defense kind of coming up, right? Um, then you guys got then you then you have guys like uh, um, Mac and Quinn who are obviously are aging. Quinn just had the best year you know we've he's ever had. Um, but with a guy with Morocco, like Morocco Brown, hopefully he can bring in these guys uh, coming out of college and just make them studs almost immediately. You know that's the hope, <laughs> obviously, right? Uh, uh, he's got to be a guy who values a draft pick. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird circumstance with how we have valued draft picks in the last six years. Uh, you know, obviously we, I think we forfeited what two for, for Trubisky. And I think it was two again for mm-hmm. fields. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, obviously we'll call the field or the Trubisky one a fail, but you know, we can only hope and pray that the fields one is a success well, yeah, it's it's someone who will value a draft pick and and building up that that uh, uh, draft class. You know, obviously mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson was kind of a steal in the second round, but you know, our, our Cole Komet's been a bust, and that was you know kind of been a big uh, a big draft pick. Otherwise, that you know the only mm-hmm. other one, and you know, obviously is he is probably the future of this Bears defense in in Roquan Smith. And besides oh, yeah. that, the Bears draft wise has been has been kind of mediocre, is what we'll say, I guess. Yeah, but needing very, that first round pick is is essential. Yeah, left left wanting more for sure <laughs> uh, with these last yes. drafts. Um, and then yeah. you also have so I don't have too much info on this guy coming out of the 49ers, Quezzi Adolfo Mensa, other than he spent seven years with the, the 49ers. Um, two of those years, uh, were as director of football research and development. And then he has been with the Browns, uh, since 2020 as vice president of football operations. So a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, uh, experience in, you know, in a front office type role and vice president of football ops, that's pretty big too. So I don't know how much, absolutely. yeah, I don't know how much I'd want him over a guy, you know, that can maybe like secure better talent, you know, in the draft or, you know, just kind of something like that. Make the, like you said, value those draft picks and make them into, uh, make them into NFL studs, hopefully. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think, uh, um, if, if we were hiring a president of football operations or replacing a, you know, a said George McCaskey <laughs> slash Ted, Ted Phillips, <laughs> um, Mensa sounds like a perfect op, op um, a candidate, I oh, yeah. I truly will back off you. I, I don't know too much about him as well either. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's not much the info on these guys. To be on the, the Browns have looked to be on the come up, but uh, yeah, San Francisco was good in the last, mm-hmm. you know, they've been good for the last seven years. So those are positives. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another guy, uh, another uh, person with the Colts, Ed Dodds. So, been with the Colts since 2017. He was promoted to assistant general manager manager in 2018, which was just a year difference from when he got hired. So seems like he has, I guess, some good decision making uh, experience as assistant GM, and I think that would be very helpful in what seems to be a super dysfunctional Bears ownership. You know, some guy comes in there, knows what he wants, knows what to do, and makes great decisions. And um, you know, assistant GM, you know, to to become a GM for the bears, I feel like that would pretty be, that would be a pretty good like transition, at least, you know, to what I would assume. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not a, it's not a far drive. I'll tell you that. I think it's about <laughs> yeah. three hours up the road. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure Rick and I are happy to, to pay for the U-Haul and the rental trucks, but, uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. What do you need? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I think even more credit to Dodds over, over Brown, because unfortunately it's a, a higher role. I think in those years that he's been there with the Colts, uh, to to repeat, you know, Leonard was one of his draft picks. Taylor's another draft pick. Yeah. Um, I think Nelson may have been there before, or if not, he was one of the first draft picks he had as as a member, you know, of the Colts front office. So, you know, a lot yeah, of I positives, so. especially through the draft. I think, um, you know, the one thing you will, I guess, they pulled off the big trade for Wentz uh, last off season, mm-hmm. but they haven't necessarily been the biggest uh, free agency destination, you know, obviously they signed yeah. DeForest, DeForest Buckner. I think I'm saying that right. Yep. Um, and that was a good signing and, you know, it paid off and I think he was awarded with a, you know, a pro bowl nod, but uh, yeah. Um, it, 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 it makes you wonder where the free agency side of it, because you let you, you know, Chicago is a major city. You want, you wanted to believe, at least I believe. And I think you believe as well as, why wouldn't oh, yeah. a free agent want to win in Chicago? Honestly, and for one of like the and, the, the historic franchises in the NFL too, you know, with with a ninety nine year old owner who you know <laughs> has the family history of what it is. You know, obviously yeah. we're biased because we're Bears fans, but oh, of course, um, <laughs> it, it's just it's just it's astonishing. I think you know you got to promote the city of Chicago in a better better manner, and I don't know if that's. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously that's on the front office. <laughs> we could sit and talk exactly. all day long and you guys could listen about what we, we think we would do, but it's, we, it's a waiting we game. We just want the right people in there. I think, uh, I like out of these three so far at Dodds is probably my favorite, you know, assistant GM. Yep. Uh, and like, like all the reasons you said, you know, he, he brought these guys in, brought, uh, brought Forrest Buckner, possibly Nelson, uh, um, all these guys that are just, you know, have performed, in the in in their team, so I, I just I think this would probably make the most sense uh, because the next guy uh, that they had on their list was Jeff Ireland, who is currently the Saints' assistant GM, scouting director since uh, 2015, um, and mm-hmm. basically was hired right after the Bears had hired Pace away from the Saints. Um, yep. Now this guy, another assistant GM, but man, when he was he has not had a great history. He was in the scouting department for most of his career before uh, the saints and all that uh, with Dallas and Kansas city. And then was hired to be the Miami GM between uh, 2008 and 2013. (laughs) And although he's made like really good draft decisions with like Camara, Marshawn Lattimore and Michael Thomas, uh, man, his time in Miami was rough. And I mean, rough, like, he, I don't know. Again, he, Miami fans, we're not here to bash on you. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not just, just, just kind of like. <laughs> I'm sure you guys know this, and you guys are like, "Fuck, why do they keep bringing this up?" Right? Um, but <laughs> in in uh, after like the 08 season with Miami, like his only playoff run, everything after that was terrible. Like he, I don't know if you remember, like uh, Richie Incognito bullying the one player. I forget mm-hmm. the other guy, yep. his name. Like that happened. Then he asked Des Bryant is your mom a prostitute? Like during him trying to recruit him to the team. And then he's also had no free agent success, like nothing. Like, like Miami was pretty, pretty much in shambles, like right around that time anyway. So kind of, why would you go to Miami? Right. But you know, 
I don't know if that's what you would want out of your general manager, all that like struggle and all that, like really kind of bad press really. And the fact that he's a, he's an assistant GM for, you know, the saints right now is kind of like, all right, that's kind of par for the course right now. Yeah. And uh, back off your point about that, that draft pick or that he was, uh, I think it was the 18 or 19th draft. He, he did have one of the best drafts, um, you know, I think it was Trey Hendrickson was included in that draft. Um, that that corner, Williams, I think is where's his, his last name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget his name too. Kamara in the second or third round. Uh, so it was a really, it was a really impressive draft. You know, obviously the mm-hmm. Miami time was uh, was a bit of a <laughs> a wash, I guess is what yeah. we we'll call it, but. Um, you know, I think out of the whole list, you're taking a big risk with Ireland. Yeah. But uh, um, similar to Peterson in the in the coaching search, it's a big, you know, do we want our next GM to be the same coming from the same role that that Ryan Pace did? So yeah. it's a scary, it's a scary similar path. So yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and no, I do uh, not. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's. It's pretty funny how they, they it comes full circle in that sense. <laughs> it, it really is. Like when you look when you look at these guys, you're almost like, I'm pretty sure this is exactly what like they said about Pace and Nagy. Like you know what I mean? Like all oh, this experience, offense, great decision making, blah blah blah. And they're like, uh, fuck. Um, but yeah, so those are those are basically like top four of each for head coach and GM. Again, uh, Ed Dodds probably might pick for GM and Brian Dable out of uh. Out of out of the uh, the bills for coach, um, I think you would agree, especially with Dable. Mm-hmm. Yep, oh, I yeah. definitely agree with Dable. I think Dobbs. Um, I know, obviously, the similarities of Pace and, and Ireland are a little scary, but uh, I wouldn't be upset with uh, with Jeff Ireland either. Yeah, I wouldn't be too upset. I would just hope there's like a lot less controversy than his time in Miami. Yes, <laughs> yes, and. You know, I think he is a guy who values, you know, obviously we talked about valuing your draft picks and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do think he is, he is someone who does value that a little bit greater. So, uh, you, you know, all, hope, right? all we Bears fans can do is, is hope. <laughs> yeah. I've got something for you. All right. So talked about the Bears head coaches and GMs. Uh, let's move on to something maybe a little bit more on the positive side and less on the uh, <laughs> on the thinking side. So with the Blackhawks, uh, the last three games have been dubs, um, and I'm sure you've yes. been very happy about that. Yes, yes. I was, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to be in attendance for, for last night's win. It was, uh, it was an exciting win. Uh, it, you know – Obviously, it's been a rough season. I I won't sugarcoat oh, yeah. the the start of the year with the uh, with the lawsuits and and the overhaul of of the front office and coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to waste you, you know the listeners' times uh, on that. You know, I think everyone's we're we're in the past. That's yeah. <laughs> how I'm approaching it. Is you know we've learned the Hawks are taking their steps. We hope, and we're in the past, and we're. <laughs> We're looking ahead towards uh, towards towards um, you know your supposed to be Olympic break that has now turned into uh, a rescheduling and a rescheduling. Yep. 
So we'll see what uh, what that does do to the NHL uh, schedule. But our Blackhawks have fortunately won three games in a row. Uh, there was a tough tough skid in uh, December of I think they lost uh, I think it was like six or seven games. But yeah, it was uh, rough. Man. Back. It was, He's uh, off six. <sighs> you know, <laughs> it, it seems like it's it, it's a month of you know the win one lose one win one lose mm-hmm. one. And then uh, two weeks will come and they won't win a game for two weeks. It, it seems to be the reoccurring theme and it's been the theme for the last few weeks. And uh, uh, fortunately enough, you know, we're in the middle of the season and mm-hmm. in a few months time, we will be hopefully discussing who, who our replacement for our, our head coach will be. And, you know, I, 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 we are, I think we're all thankful for Derek King to, to step in for um, the man that will not be named uh, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, I think we're all thankful as Hawks fans that that replacement has been made. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll look in the offseason for that replacement. But Flurry has come off the COVID list. He's a stud. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, 500 oh, yeah. wins. It means something in this league. And it, and it shows every night. He's he's someone who turns in a, a full performance. He works his butt off. Um, it just depends on who's in front of him. You know, unfortunately, the Hawks currently have uh, at least four guys out on COVID protocol with Seth Jones, Kirby Doc, Dylan Strom, and Jake oh, McCabe. Damn. Dylan Strom and Kirby Doc going on to protocol yesterday afternoon, unfortunately, before th- uh, last night's game. Um, in positive note, we did receive Brendan Hangel back from COVID protocol last night. He uh, had a beautiful pass across ice to, to assist, which we will talk about last night's game, um, to win it in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hagel being back helps this team, you know, obviously Seth, Seth Jones being out hurts and McCabe, uh, McCabe yeah. being a guy who's not afraid to get in front of the puck and, and block the shots and, and, and brings a physical presence and, and Jones, who's a, a good defenseman who obviously brings his offensive side as well. Um, you know, the yeah, Hawks you said, came you said out Seth flying Jones last and night. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been interesting, you know, Obviously, everyone or you know Bulls fans out there have, have heard and or remember how the Bulls got kind of hit pretty hard those those two or three weeks, and, yeah. and I think they're still getting over that COVID uh, variant. And you know, unfortunately, the Hawks have have seen it. There have been uh, um, other teams that have hit been hit a little bit hurt, harder, but you know, it's it is the uh, the unfortunate times that we live in. But uh, so last night's game. Uh, uh, started off interesting. The the Hawks came out flying. They they outshot Montreal thirteen to two in the first and and uh, netted one with uh, with a goal from uh, who was it to start? I believe the goal was Kubalik. Uh, Kubalik scored on a uh, breakaway. He put it one in, uh, assisted by Stillman and, and Taze. And that happened uh, pretty much in the middle of the first period. Um, Montreal was really flat to start the start the game, but in the second period came out flying and, and kind of flipped the script on the Hawks, outshot them by uh, by about ten shots, and, and actually netted two goals with uh, with a power play that came off of um, off a instigating penalty from Ryan Carpenter after he stood up for a, a teammate <laughs> that was leveled against the boards. Um, you know, obviously we love to see teammates sticking up for Absolutely. each other. Unfortunately, pretty- he was. Um, pretty scary given a, a penalty yes yes and you, you hate to see it but uh the positive notes they bounced back in the third and quickly got on the power play and 
you know, our, our Lord and Savior, uh, Patty Kane. He, he finally <laughs> broke out of the, the goal streak and, and scored his eighth goal of the, the season and on the power play. And, you know, it, it brought the fans out of the seats and uh, things kind of stayed pretty even throughout the third. You know, it was a, a good back and forth mm-hmm. battle and, and it was taken to the overtime. And in overtime, uh, it was it was not to be won without its controversy. Uh, you know, the Hawks... Uh, it was a pretty even battle for the first two two and a half minutes, and and then uh, on a on a I think it was a two on one, the Hawks uh, broke the puck out, and Hagel on the on the bench side put a cross ice pass to Philip Kershev, who was able to drive the net on the right side, and and fortunately was collided with by uh, Mike Hoffman, and they collided with uh, Montreal's goalie, and uh, the puck ended up finding its way into the net. But uh, without yeah. controversy, like I said, uh, we did have a official re- um, review following the goal and then um, a tease from the ref with a review <laughs> on offsides. But the, f- the fans were sent home happy and uh, the Hawks won. And so, you know, Came bringing the them dub. to That's to all three. that matters. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's all we'll take. You know, they, they played last night like a team that, you know, just needs to go out there and not worry about necessarily result, but go out there and play a game for 60 minutes and, and try and limit, limit the mistakes and capitalize on, on the mistakes you can create uh, in the offensive zone. So, um, you know, as a positive yeah. note, I think um, out of the three wins we've seen on the streak, it's been, um, you know, two of them have been impressive. This Montreal team fights, they're physical. You know, obviously the record doesn't show uh, what that I, team I was provides say, every yeah. night. It's almost like but, uh, with 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 the Canadians, it was almost like an expected win. Like, yeah, I know the Hawks are are rough this year, but I mean, it's it's the worst team in that NHL. Like, why not, right? It's you know, it's it's funny. The Canadians and obviously last season was a shortened season and, and COVID, but uh, Montreal was in the finals, so it's it's very yeah. weird. Obviously, some players were lost in the off season, but uh, uh, the Canadians are another team that obviously they're struggling, but. These these teams, you know, if, if they're physical enough, they will come out and uh, they'll play like uh, they've got nothing to lose. And, and some nights that prevails. And fortunately, the Hawks mm-hmm. Hawks were able to, um, you know, fight that off. I think last week they had a case where you know another poor team in the the league came into the building and and beat the Hawks pretty good. And, you know, <laughs> it was one of the worst performances the Hawks turned in, in a, against Arizona. And oh yeah, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. a it. It is what it is, but it fueled this this winning streak. You know, they went into to Vegas and put in a great effort, a full sixty minutes, and beat beat Vegas, and then went to uh, Columbus. And you know, I think all Hawks fans who watched that game will, will admit it was probably the most boring and ugly game we've watched all year. But they won four two, and <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's positive. You know, obviously things are going to be changing if if we can win some more games coming here in January and February. Maybe the trade deadline looks a little bit different, you know. Yeah, looking true. at it, you've got Flurry, uh, Flurry on a one-year deal, so you know he's been a hot topic discussed for teams that need goaltending, um, mm-hmm. specifically, you know, someone maybe like Washington uh, um, or uh, um, you know, Washington's been in a, in a need for for goaltending and um, some other places as well. So it, you know, Flurry has been a guy in the past who who even when he was traded to Chicago, you know, had to think about wanting to, to move his family. So 
um, is a guy who's not necessarily the most um, friendly towards trading. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that. You know, obviously he's on a one-year deal. Um, it is inexpensive. I think he's getting paid about seven million a year. So oh, obviously shit. it's not something you can bring back at a uh, yeah. feasible cost. So uh, Flurry's an ass- asset you could look to move. Um, but uh, as depressing as it is, Taze and Kane, we're we're on uh, year year two left on the deals. You know, obviously yeah. Taze took last year off with with everything, all the health issues, and and thankfully we're all happy to have our captain back in the lineup. But uh, um, you know, he has looked like someone who's 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 lost a step. He he looks a little bit slow. Um, you know, I, I told myself going into the year, got to give him a month, got to give him a month, get the get his legs under him. Let him get his, get the play. You know, I think it took him about a month, maybe even two months to score. Finally got that goal. It, you know, felt like a few were falling for him, but uh, he seemed to, you know, he had an assist last night, but he's seeming to, to fall a little bit more quiet. So it, it makes you ask what happens with the captain. And then, yeah. you know, you look at your, your top scorer, not this year necessarily, but in the years past and, and Patrick King. Just who, overall with, um, with the Hawks. <laughs> it, it, well, it's scary. You know, I think. Yeah. If it, it's, we don't know what these guys are thinking. You know, I don't, we, none of us know Kane and Taze on a personal level. Do, do these guys want to go out? You know, I think they're 33 and 34, both potentially 34 at this point. And, you know, the, the mileage is, is adding up. And, you know, do mm-hmm. they want to go win again? Does Taze want to go play in Winnipeg, his hometown? Does Kane want to go play in his hometown of Buffalo? Where he, you know, I, I think Kane being a little bit more doubt, no. doubtful, being how much of a dumpster fire Buffalo is. And, and also being, unfortunately, the city that he did punch a cab driver in. But, uh, <laughs> you know, no one remembers that. Um, but uh, so it's all, you know, it's it's obviously, and on top of it, will they take a discount? You know, the, the Hawks can't afford to pay these guys yeah. $10 million a year. Taze is not worth that money anymore. And if he thinks nope. he is, you know, I think you got to let him walk. Taze, or Kane is a guy that, is producing and has proved that he's producing more and more as he gets older. It's been a weird year where, you know, obviously he's only scored eight goals, but I think he's got about 29 or 28 assists. So, um, you know, he may be not finding the puck back of the net, but he's finding people who are. So the value of Kane is, is highly significant, even though you are losing that locker room presence in your, in your captain. Yeah. So the questions in- the Hawks face, it'll be interesting to see. It's just it's a scary thought, man, because to not have Kane and Taze anymore on the Hawks is just like fuck. And just the just the idea is just like fuck. What are we gonna you know What are we gonna do without them? You know, it's almost like well, who are we moving on to? Because there's nobody. I I mean I don't know. You you obviously know more about the Hawks than I do. Like, is there anybody that can take over what they've done? You know, for the team, for the city, and this team right now. Well, you know, I think in. In terms of the historics and, and the three cups, no one will have this the, the success as quickly, at least yeah. now as what they did. Um, True. I think if you you hope that uh, you know someone of the caliber that and who's been producing of Alex to bring it, you know, you hope he could step into that production role um, with the acquirement of, of Seth Jones last last summer. You hope he can step into maybe not necessarily the captain's role, but a leadership role on the blue line. And, you know, he's going to be here for at least, you know, six, six plus years. So, uh, you know, you hope yeah. to see 
that kind of that transition to your your new you know your Duncan Keith, your Brent Seabrook, um, in that sense, and then you hope to see to bring it kind of maybe not necessarily step into that production level of Kane, but he's producing. You know, he scored more than Kane has this this year, and he's actually the only Hawk member that will be re- representing the Blackhawks in uh, in the All Star game. So. Um, you know, those are, those are guys that you got one (laughs) step into those roles. Exactly. Exactly. And, (laughs) and it it could be too. Uh, Seth Jones is currently in the, I think, I don't know if it's a fan vote or a a media Mm -hmm. vote, but, uh, um, there's a final list that, uh, of guys that are, they get voted in for the last spots on each, each conference or each divisions team. So there is a chance for two. two then. Yeah, hopefully. Exactly, exactly. He's got to get healthy first, but uh, hopefully that is the case. So, um, but yeah, besides have- that, you know, last night was was exciting in the fact that Hawks fans got to see their first taste of uh, um, of Lucas Reichel in in a Hawks uniform in the regular season, and and he didn't disappoint. You know, obviously he made a few turnovers that were that you kind of expect from a rookie, and and uh, absolutely yeah. as much as. As it happens, he was confident. He wanted the puck on his stick. He uh, he was skating with a purpose. He was going to the net. He was going to the right places. So I think, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, not to toot the boat or get ahead of ourselves, but I think, uh, you know, you hope that uh, he was a, a good draft pick and you look for exciting things from him. Uh, you know, the, the Hawks dealt William Nylander to Pittsburgh for, uh, um, what was the guy's Is name? I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, it was a defenseman and Sam Lafferty, who I had never heard of until last night's game. But uh, <laughs> so they finally, okay, yeah. you know, is it Nylander who got kind of demoted to the the AHL, who's been a guy who was in was up with the big club the last few years. It, you know, was moved, mm-hmm. and Hawks fans, you know, I think can be kind of excited about that. Obviously, the returns maybe not something that you know makes you want to. Um, jump out of your seat but uh it's a guy that you know was struggling in the hawks uniform and you know hope hope yeah. get, hopes gets uh gets a fresh start and and can provide off that but uh um in other hawks news you know i think uh the hawks had uh jacob i think his first name is um jacob galvis out of i think he's out of the czech republic czech republic which i think they're calling themselves czech republic czech um, which were there. So he was a fifth rounder and, and he shined, he looked really good in Columbus. He was one of the only guys that actually did look good in that blue jackets game, even though they won. Um, but, uh, last night, the, the struggles of being a rookie and, and the game seemed a little fast for him. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, obviously with the COVID, uh, two guys, two defensemen on COVID, um, uh, we'll see where, what, what happens with him. You know, you can expect them to be back in Rockford pretty soon, but, um, the, the Columbus game was a positive, obviously Montreal, maybe a little bit of a negative, but you hope to see that development, um, continue in the, the right direction. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there'll be some struggles with Galvis. You hope to see the development as, as that progresses, um, in terms of NHL news for the Boston Bruins fans, you gotta be excited with Tuka Rask joining the club on a one-year deal. He played his first game last night, winning three, two. Versus Back the Philadelphia again. Flyers stopping 25-27. Well, it's funny. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Bud Light tweeted at him, and, and he was he was engaging in it that he'd sign a contract if Bud Light provided him free Bud Lights for, I don't know if it was <laughs> the rest of his life or the whole season or what it was, but it was something funny like that. I was going to um, say, I think anybody would sign that contract. Absolutely. 
Exactly. So Bruins fans have to be excited about that. It does solve a big issue for them in terms of goaltending. They were hoping uh, uh, Rask would join the team. He had some off-season surgeries that he was recovering from and and some some questions of if the desire to continue playing was still there. And, um, you know, he, he's lacing them up for at least one more year. So that's uh, positive news coming out of Boston. In All terms right. of Vegas, out of the desert in Vegas, uh, Jack Eichel, the big, uh, the big new present that they uh, received from Buffalo before, uh, uh, I think it was in November, he finally started skating with the team this week. Obviously, it will be no contact for, for the time being, but uh, that is exciting news if you are uh, a Knights fan. So he will be in the lineup, you know, hopefully – within a shortcoming of time, you know, it's, it's, it is exciting as any hockey fan to see prime talent back on the ice. So um, that is yeah. good news. Um, in terms of where the division leaders are right now, the predators are on top of the central with St. Louis and Colorado chasing with a few points behind the Knights are on top of the Pacific oh. with uh, Anaheim surprisingly right behind them. Uh, in the Atlantic, the Lightning are on top with the red-hot Florida Panthers on their tails, trailing two points. In the Metro, led by the New York Rangers, followed really by Carolina the Panthers, and Washington. I really thought the Panthers were going to just go down after uh, after they fired uh, Quenville, but no, they've kept up there, man. That's a hell of a team. You know, I, I, I had that same thought. You know, obviously it sucks to see uh, Coach Q – you know, wrapped into the, yeah. the situation and his involvement yep. was, uh, you know, was punished um, correctly is, mm-hmm. is how I guess we'll phrase it. And um, <laughs> um, that, uh, that Florida team, they're, they're showing resilience and, you know, they're jealous of uh, the lightning winning the cup two years in a row. They're, you know, True. They're, they're, they're trying to make hockey popular in Florida. So it's <laughs> NHL cannot complain about that. I can tell you that. Nope. <laughs> No, they'll be they'll be fine. Then, like you said, they're they're jealous. They're like we're, they're not the only Florida fucking team here, all right? We got the Panthers too. So let's uh, show some competition. Exactly. Besides that, Hawks have uh, have Anaheim tomorrow night in Chicago, and look to go for four in a row. We'll you know, see. Like, yeah, let's, actually, let's hopefully for the four. Yep, they've got Anaheim um, uh, tomorrow. So we'll we'll keep track, and uh, you know we'll see. Dread deadlines coming up, but. Uh, um, you know, hopefully the Hawks keep playing, uh, playing with some, uh, with some pride on their shoulders. All right. Hopefully that, yeah, man, hopefully they do get to four in a row because they had won five in a row, right? Like, uh, back when like Derek King was first on the team, like he had first been, uh, yeah. basically told, Hey, you're the, you're the coach now. So. Yep. Yeah, I yep. remember doing an episode and just being like excited. I'm like, oh shit, is it is it like starting to to be like the Hawks of old? You know, Quenneville got got uh became coach, and all of a sudden they were just like amazing after that. But fortunately not. Unfortunately, it wasn't yeah. the same result. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's 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 going to be a waiting game, um, and you know we can hope and hope and wait. Um, mm. And yeah, exactly. All right. All right, so now I hear you've got some uh, White Sox news and just some like MLB news as well. So unfortunately, the Players Association and the league have have not. Um, they have met. They met on Thursday, actually, which was a step in the right direction, but uh, um, no results um, were really made of Thursday's meeting. I know the the mm. league proposed an offer that kind of was stressing. Uh, 
arbitration within after two years of MLB services. I know the players are seeking free agency um, in a shorter period because I think it's six years before you could be a free agent in the MLB. So it'll be interesting. You know, the minor leagues was a big uh, minor league compensation was a big concern of the players and, and and they're, they're strong in their points. And so, you know, obviously as a baseball fan and and an optimistic person, I I hope that a deal is, is made and spring spring training isn't postponed. I think uh, we'll see. I don't know when they're supposed to be meeting next, but uh, in, in said meeting, I know uh, hopefully the owners are, little bit more willing to just start budging and we can get some leeway in a, a new yeah, bargaining dude. agreement for for the 2022 season as a <laughs> as as a cub season ticket owner it would be nice to actually have a season because man i've been i've been fucked dude like <laughs> when i first got season tickets covid hit so it was like nobody's going to the games Ugh. and the next year it was brutal. like uh yeah it was so brutal and then, uh, you know, we had the one year last year, which was decent. And then this year as well. But now it's like, hey, there's going to be, there, there's no agreement. So there's, is there going to, is there even going to be a season now? You know what I mean? So yep. hopefully they, like you said, the owners could budge, maybe stop being so fucking greedy and, you know, maybe give the minor league players some more fucking cash other than minimum wage is basically what they've been making. Exactly. You know, those, those guys, uh. Um, I've watched and read some stuff about what uh, what those guys play, and if you are interested in, it, I won't go sad. into it tonight. But uh, it, it, there are some stories that are, are really eye opening. You know, obviously it's professional baseball, and we all have this this look on professionals that that they're gonna be. You know, that oh, he's a professional; he's making all that money. He's got nothing to worry <laughs> about. You know, if yeah, it's no. it is uh, there's more to that. There's more behind that story than uh, than people realize, and. And, you know, the, the players do have a reason to fight and, you know, hopeful that uh, a solution is, is resolved soon. Yeah, but, hopefully. Uh, in White Sox terms, I know uh, with the MLB, the international signing period begins tomorrow. Uh, the Sox have been linked to uh, Oscar Colas for about almost a year now for this signing period. Um, I don't know how many years they'll be giving him, but I think it's going to be about 2.5 million to start. And, oh, nice. uh, you know, the, the guy, uh, the guy played in, uh, the Japanese minor leagues last year and he's been, uh, he's been looked at as one of the, the best, uh, Cuban, uh, talents to come out of Cuba here in, in the most recent years. So Sox fans have more reason to be excited. Uh, we will, uh, Lucky bastards. We'll talk more. <laughs> We'll talk more White Sox offseason once we we have uh, a hopeful uh, view of where where the uh, the bargaining agreement is and and kind of when we can start discussing free agency and and when that period will be uh, opening. But uh, besides that, it should be an interesting uh, Saturday and Sunday and, and Monday for for ball clubs and as they try and uh, find these international uh, studs to fill their rosters. Besides that, baseball. Pretty inactive. Yeah, pretty dead right now. But man, if you if you guys just get this Cuban guy and he just like starts off amazing, like you guys already have like a really good team. And man, fuck, I, exactly. I it just reminds me of like the the Cubs, you know, in the mid the mid teens, getting all these like guys coming up from the minor leagues, and then it's just like becoming really good, and then finally winning it all. Right? Like, I'm jealous. I'm really yeah, jealous. Yeah. Hey, well, <laughs> hey, you got you, you're still. You know what? It was 16 when the Cubs won. Yeah, 2016. 
so we're still in the 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 ten year period. You know, fortunately enough, we're we're in a city that we've seen championships in our lives. Um, but uh, yeah, well, it's exciting time to be a Southsider. You hope uh, you Absolutely. hope you get to play baseball this season. We'll, we'll hope for hope for an agreement from uh, from the owners and players here shortly. And besides that, you know, keep your fingers crossed and and keep uh, keep refreshing your pages because. <laughs> once that uh, once that agreement's signed, we'll have we'll have some socks and Cubs information coming for you on the blog and and on the podcast. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, appreciate you coming on the pod, talking Hawks in much more depth than I could ever fucking do, and especially for all the Hawks fans who do listen. I'm, I'm sure you guys actually appreciate Jack for doing that because. I give you guys absolutely nothing <laughs> of, of, of value in, in terms of my like Hawks talk. So yeah, man, appreciate you coming on here and, and with the white Sox as well. Cause me being a Cubs fan, like again, I, I can only be like sitting over here being jealous of you guys having a really good team and me struggling uh, <laughs> to even watch the Cubs sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate everything you're giving me. You know, I think uh, the opportunity to hop on the, the podcast and, and talk Hawks and, and socks. I'm excited uh, to, to grow our audience and, and hopefully, you know, give yeah. you guys some insight that uh, um, maybe you're not receiving in other places. And, you know, I think uh, we've got some exciting things that hopefully will come uh, come our way with Crack One Media. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I just appreciate the, the opportunity to join you, Rick. Of course, man. And, and, you know, we're obviously you're going to be on many more times here in the future, hopefully. And yeah, like you said, we're, it's just more, more stuff, more content coming to you guys. And we're just going to be bringing you better, better content now with the Hawks and the White Sox, especially. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, everyone. I'm signing off. Have a good night. All right. Thanks again to Jack. Uh, moving on now to a, a little, little worse topic against the bulls now recently. Uh, so since losing the streak, they've gone one in three, uh, with a three games in a row that they've lost now, obviously, right. Um, you know, there was ups, we had the nine game win streak and now there's downs three game losing streak. So, uh, we, you know, they, they, this team is much better than this three game losing streak. Obviously we have injuries, still got people, uh, I believe in COVID uh, protocols and all that. And it's been, I mean, we've played some really tough teams, you know, kind of like looking back, um, obviously losing game, uh, losing the streak to the Mavericks. Um, not really a close game. They lost 113-99. They came back out uh, the next game against the Pistons, destroyed them 133-87. to And you thought kind of, okay, they got, they got it back. You know, they lost against the Mavs. They didn't look too good. But then um, we played the Nets. And the Nets was a rough game to watch, although they kind of um, came back, made it a decent looking score, one thirty eight to one twelve. I know, I know that is very decent looking, but I mean, in the fourth quarter, they scored a lot more than they did, obviously, the entire most of the game against the Nets. Uh, and they just, they really just got beat. Harden and Durant really just, just uh, beat the shit out of the Bulls uh, in that game. And there's really not much you can say on that game, you know. Uh, it, they, they just really got beat um, from pretty much from start to finish. There was a point there when they, the Bulls were looking like, hey, we tied. We they had a, I believe they had a lead for a while. And um, it just – it after that, it just – they couldn't – their defense was uh, just – the defense wasn't there uh, against the Nets. And it, it, was a, it, was, it was a bad game, you know. Obviously, again, they lost. 
And then they come out uh, the next game versus the Warriors. And that one was just pure chaos. Uh, they never, I don't remember them even having a lead during that game. It was that kind of one-sided. And, you know, even even with Steph struggling uh, that game, you know, a lot of the other guys stepped it up. And um, it just, they, they haven't, the Bulls haven't looked the same. And, you know, the worst, worst kind of part about it all is that uh, uh, Levine was injured that game. I believe it was in the first or second quarter uh, against the uh, against the uh, Warriors uh, that game. So he was injured. He left the game. Luckily, they did an MRI. It was on his left knee. Uh, he didn't suffer anything serious. So uh, that's good to know. You know, um, it's it's good to know that he doesn't need surgery. That we don't have somebody else kind of coming out uh, just like to add to the injury list that we have now. So. Bad that he's out for a couple games, but good that he's only, that it's only a couple games. You know what I mean? So the bad with the good there. Uh, and again, they just got destroyed by the Warriors, one thirty-eight to ninety-six. Uh, again, nothing much you can say there. A lot of guys came out and still played. You know, a lot of the bench guys came in and got some good minutes. Um, and that's the one thing I guess I don't mind about this three-game losing streak is that these younger guys, these guys who don't usually start, who don't usually get more than like eight to 10 minutes are coming in and doing a lot more and, and, and are getting a lot more minutes, you know, to kind of help their development, to kind of help their uh, uh, production in the team down the stretch, I think is, is still good because even teams, even really good teams, you know, the uh, golden state lost by 20 the other day um, against the bucks, I believe. And, you know, these, the, the, this is a good team. The bulls have, and again, to go through the ups, we got to go through the downs. This is, this is what has to happen. So they're going to lose games. You know, they've lost 14 games now. Like we weren't this. I feel like Bulls Twitter or just the Bulls, uh, uh, Bulls fans in general are just like super down and out about this, right? Like three games in a row, I, I get it. I, I don't think that's really happened this year. I think the most has been like two games in a row. Um, but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen where the Bulls don't look as awesome as they did during the nine game win streak. Uh, DeMar's not going to hit every buzzer beater three. Um, DeMar and Zach aren't going to be scoring almost 30 each game each. Um, and, and Vooch isn't going to be, you know, double doubles every day. Uh, and, you know, there are times when he steps up, which is a good example during this, uh, during the Celtics game, right? Again, another loss, but this one was a little bit more close um, 114 and 112, they lost to the Celtics. And this one was kind of, uh, I, I really thought they're going to win at the end, right? Like the defense kind of gave in a little bit towards the end. And there was a lot of subs. Again, some of the new guys, uh, that don't really get a lot of minutes were playing in this game from like early on. Like usually when there's, when it's garbage time, they'll send them in. Right. But again, these guys are coming in and doing a pretty solid job getting points, you know, making a difference. And again, it was just kind of like, I don't want to, I'm not going to blame the new guys, right? Like the defense just in general was what lost it. They were up 110 to 104 or 112 to 104, something like that with a, with a little bit of time left, like a, like a minute and a half or two minutes. And the Celtics just came back and beat them 114 to 12. So, I mean, they, they, they score outscored them 10 to two in the last couple minutes. And, Again, it's it's we have a lot of guys out, so don't hit the panic button, Bulls fans. You know I'm not. Uh, I'm trying to stay level-headed about this, and yeah, I know. Like 
as Bulls fans, as just hardcore Chicago fans, we just like we see this three game loss or we see a loss in general. We're like, fucking what the fuck? This guy sucked. Vooch could have done more. Demar went seven for 20 from the field. Um, uh, I don't know. These guys aren't contributing. You know what I mean? And so it, you know, that's kind of like the initial thought. Like I, I thought the Celtics were going to be a win, but you know, they came out, they, then they won. So it's a three game losing streak. The Bulls are going to uh, uh, jump back from this. They have the Grizzly, Grizzlies the next game. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it, this, again, to go through the ups, we've got to go through the downs. And this is just part of the downs right now. And I'm sure the Bulls, once they are at full force, once they have the Caruso, once they have Lonzo Ball, once they have Zach back, um, and kind of have like a pretty solid roster again, uh, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, Derek Jones Jr. is out. We have Javante Green out. Um, obviously, Pat will since the very beginning of the season, you know, could have been a very, very big contributor, could have been plugged in as well uh, here and there every once in a while now that we have all these injuries and COVID protocols. But they're going to come back. Don't worry, Bulls, Bulls fans. It's uh, it's not it's not over. It's not the worst uh, thing that's going to happen in the world. They're going to come back. We're going to make a deep playoff run. I know it. And. And it can be also, you know, coming up to the trade deadline, it can also be something that's like, okay, well, now what are we really going to do, right? Because um, listening to stuff prior to these games or, um, you know, about like Kobe White, how he, how they think they can win with him, and he's kind of off the table. But Pat Will, not really. You know, he is on the table now. So now it's like, okay, well, we got all these guys on the injury, on the injury list or COVID protocols or whatever. Now – do we need another big guy? Because it, you can see that that Io can play. He scored twenty points, twenty one points today uh, against Celtics, and you know um, it does kind of like does doesn't make the future very clear for Kobe. So now is he on the table? Is Pat Will also like are both these guys on the table? Will we get Jeremy Grant? Will we get another big? Will we get I don't know a plethora of other guys? You know, it's kind of uh, supplement like the team that it is now. You know, but. I will, again, you know, from, from the last episode I put out, I'd love to keep Kobe White on there, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It just, it obviously makes things a little bit more complicated now with uh, this three game losing streak going into the, uh, going into the uh, trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. Um, but don't, don't hit the panic yet. Don't hit the panic button yet. Uh, Bulls fans, you know, it's, it's, it's still going to be a rough go, but you know, a lot of teams have to go through this in order to either learn or, or just to get better. And I think the bulls are a team that can take a lot away from this and be like, all right, well, we just got to come out better. You know, uh, I think Damar and Zach were saying that too. You know, you take these experiences, you learn from them and you just get better. Um, and defense is going to step up. Obviously Vooch and IO stepped up during this, the game against the Celtics. So this team is full of people who can step up when, in, when needed. Um, are they always going to win? No, but you know, but it's it's better that they try than to just fucking roll over and die, right? Like on the on the court. So they're still trying and 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 there's that's really all you could say. You know, it's a three game losing streak. It fucking sucks and it feels like shit after a nine game winning streak. But you know, we're gonna lose games. We're not we're not the Golden State Warriors of fucking uh uh what what year was it? Twenty sixteen, the uh, seventy three and or seventy four and eight or whatever the fuck they were beat the bulls record for regular season wins. Um, you know, we're not them right now. And obviously, you know, this team, like I said, I'm, this team's just going to get better and it's going to learn from it. So, yeah. Um, I do just want to give a shout out, uh, to Jack 
again for coming on, going into depth about the Hawks uh, and and as well as uh, the White Sox, even though there's not a lot of baseball stuff going on. And just want to give a big shout out to him um, uh, for coming on and definitely be ready to hear more of his voice in the future and hopefully a couple other guys from the site writing blogs, coming on the pod, talking about their teams because there's only so much I could talk about and, and, uh, and give details about like these, these other guys can give so much, so much better insight and talk hockey, for example, with Jack so much better than I can. But again, appreciate Jack go to crack one media, check out his blog, check out all the blogs from our writers. They've been doing an awesome job. Uh, contributing to the site, keeping the site growing. Follow us on Instagram as well um, at Crack One Media on Instagram, and then you could follow me on Instagram and Twitter at and now Rick. And yeah, follow us, listen to this pod, share it, please share the blogs. Um, hit us up, let us know what you want, what you guys want to talk about, what what you think the Bulls are going to get into, how you think the Bulls are going to do, and. Let us know what you what you think which coach is gonna get hired. Alright guys, it's all for me. See ya! Welcome to the halftime show. I love Khalifa, nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they used to. Like nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love Khalifa, nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they used to. Them all these little screw niggas, they lame. Fuck with them, I can't. Basic mounted and strange. Vision faded and plain. I asked nigga, one really with it. Was on some bitch shit. Wasn't a fan of your figure. And I only like the skinny women. Shit, I like my women plus size. No lie, that why I stress my on your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, french fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my verses, my fluffy. She sweats, she let me eye. Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL Fit her perfect, won't catch me lurking at all. My richer once I spit saw, since her proud and so tall, those cheeks around the applause over and over and over again. So my homie and my parents, we were only just friends. At first, I couldn't let my secret out then. It's getting deeper now, but I don't care what others think about me. Can't out of depression, have to pick up the penny against skinny nigga. Thick wallet, chubby chasing them Benjamins now. Tribe got all day to change the name, so we winning again. Sound partial. Hey, welcome to the halftime show. I love Khalifa, nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love Khalifa, nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to.